goblins and monsters. They exist among us, and sometimes they win. Even the devil was an angel once. The world has its own rules, and these rules are not human. Some of us seek answers to the origin and existence of cryptids and the unexplained. Join us as we venture beyond the known and accepted boundaries. Welcome to our nightmare. I think you're going to like it. Hey folks, good evening and welcome to another episode of Phantoms of Monsters Radio where we explore the strange and the unexplained. I'm your host, Lon Stricker, and thanks for joining us. Now, um, if, if you enjoy our content, then please subscribe, like, and share our presentations. Also, feel free to place comments. It's very important to us to get your idea and your thoughts as to what we present to you. Uh, Super Chat is active during the show, so please show your support for Fams and Monsters Radio by clicking the dollar icon underneath the chat. Uh, you can also support the channel by using the Buy Me a Coffee link. Uh, that's that's on the banner or in the description as well. Uh, and your consideration is very much needed and appreciated. So tonight we've got a we've got a Fams of Monsters 14 research team roundtable. Uh, James West is a two-time dogman experiencer, has had multiple encounters with the paranormal, including shadow people, creatures. Uh, suspected demons and ghosts, and has been physically possessed on one occasion by an unknown dark entity. James is also currently in the process of writing a nonfiction book about cryptid beings in the United States entitled 50 Cryptids in 50 States. In addition to this, James is a member of the Famous and Monsters 14 research team. Kit Taylor is a film, television actor, writer, producer, and documentarian. His latest work includes a short documentary on Fayetteville and St. Bledsoe family story titled Burden of Proof. Now, Kit was an investigator for MUFON and has recently become a member of FAMS and Monsters 14 Research Team. Having firsthand life-altering experiences, Kit's approach to investigating is from an uh, emphatic point of view and, and hopes to contribute positively uh, to the world uh, of high strangers. And of course, Bernadette Daniel McDaniel is uh, an investigator researcher at Fans of Monsters 14 Research. She's joining us tonight as a co-host, but she'll be involved with all the discussion as in the uh, in the uh, roundtable. Uh, she will soon be premiering her own show, uh, A Paranormal Life, on Fans of Monsters Radio. So now. Chad Redding was supposed to join us tonight, but he had something come up, you know, last minute. So uh, it's too bad, but we'll get him back on here at another point. So everybody, thanks for coming on tonight. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Hi. So uh, I, I'm just going to go over a few things, first of all, before we get into it, because I definitely want to talk to Kid about his investigation with the Bledsoe family. Um you know, this is something I've looked into very early, too, and it's a strange case, and uh, I'm glad he's here to talk about it on his perspective as well. 
Uh, as far as team investigations that we have going on now, of course, we're always involved with this Chicago Mothman wing humanoid thing that's steadily going on. And um, not to the degree it has, it's kind of it's kind of slowed up in recent months. Uh, a lot of it has been concentrating around the Bensonville area, which is uh, southwest of the airport. But, um, you know, there have been some strange humanoid sightings in the region, including up in Madison. Tobias Whalen had posted a, uh, an encounter report that he received or a sighting report that he had received. And, um, but this isn't unusual. We got a lot of strange humanoid sightings, you know, during this whole process. I mean, ever since the beginning, the, um, every once in a while, somebody will contact us and tell us that, look, I didn't see something with wings on it, but I saw a humanoid in the woods, in the, one of those preserve areas around the city or somewhere else. I mean, there's, there's a lot involved with these sightings. Uh, it's just a matter of us being able to figure out what the hell's really going on. Uh, also, I, I had just posted this past week the, um, the initial uh, witness report from the uh, Berks County uh, uh, cryptic canine that we received uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, we're in a process of working uh, with that, with a couple of the people on our team here in Pennsylvania, uh, and then uh, Eric Mintel, who's been on the show many times, he he's also involved with the investigations. So we're trying to hit this thing with all angles. I, I think after we get, you know, try to figure out a little, because this thing seems to be somewhat aggressive. Um, and the last thing we want is someone going out there and get hurt. So um, we are eventually going to take who put boots on the ground and, and go out there. Now the witness himself has continued to, to look into this and he's giving his own reports. And in fact, I think this witness may eventually be part of the team. Uh, he's good. <laughs> he really is. He's, this is kind of his wheelhouse he's investigating. So, um, you know, here in Pennsylvania, we can always use people. So um, uh, that'll be interesting. And uh, we'll, we'll be following up on that. Then I had another development today, which I really don't know how to act on it, but we're going to see if we can get any more evidence. About six, seven months ago, I received a report uh, west of Akron, Ohio, of um, a concentration of dogmen, upright canines. Uh, I did write an initial article about it. Uh, this is this is a, a family who had actually contacted Linda Godfrey about 10 years ago. In fact, some of their experience was in her book, but they kind of lost track with her and they were kind of keeping it quiet. But it was interesting that the um, that the witness had kept a diary. And uh, some of the team had read the diary. Uh, I will eventually put this out a little bit more for the team and get them more involved. But, you know, we Jennifer's been working on it firsthand. I've been on working on it a bit. Uh, there were other issues with the property, spiritual, to be honest with you. There was some other stuff going on that was related to what, the you know, these beings. But what happened today was I got a text from the witness. 
and she t she stated that they were hearing scratching sounds and sounds at night, and they didn't know what was going on. Uh, they'd got this real bad skunk, wet dog smell, uh, which usually means that something's around. And uh, she tells me that she caught a quick glimpse of a pup, a baby dog man. Mm. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, they are putting out um, uh, infrared cameras, 360 infrared, and a few other things. They're going to be kind of uh, uh, scoping the whole property. And this is a, a property. I mean, they are very near an area that has had a history of cane, upright canine encounters over the years. So uh, we're going to follow up on that. And in fact, this witness will be live with me on the show in about a month. So that's kind of going to be the, uh, the thing going public. And uh, we'll be getting more and more into that as we go on. There's a lot of good stuff going on. So I just figured I'd mention all that before we start talking. So... Um, Tonight we got Kit Taylor and we got James West and we got Bernadette McDaniel with us, and uh, you know Kit's kind of new to the team, but he's been doing this for a while now. And uh, the one thing intriguing about Kit is that he was involved with this uh, the Chris Bledsoe Senior and Bledsoe family UFO incident uh, near it's near Fayetteville, but the. I've, I used to always refer to it as the Cape Fear River UFO incident. But, uh, you know, Kit, tell us a bit about it. How did you get involved with it? I know you did a f short documentary, a film about it. Uh, and I, I know there was some alien activity as well. Yeah. Um, well, it's very interesting. Um, I, so I, I, uh, I did some investigation for MUFON for a little while. And I, I heard Ryan, uh, Chris's son, mm -hmm. on I, I think it was um, that UFO podcast. And I was listening to the guy, and, and I'm like, hey, you know, he's got a lot of interesting insight about what's going on. So I looked into it further, and he was talking about the Discovery Channel um, documentary that they did on the Bloodzone family. And in his words, they did him dirty. And to an extent, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and being part of MUFON, I'm like, well, I joined because I wanted to kind of help people. You know, um, I don't know much about this stuff, but talk to me. Let me see if I can if I can help you. If I can't help you, maybe I can get someone to help you. But I know this stuff is happening, and you know, people shouldn't be just blown off. And so that's what sort of drew me to this whole thing because I I wanted to sort of make up for what MUFON. I want to say MUFON. Certain people, I guess, in MUFON. Uh, did with that so it was very interesting i i reached out to to ryan on on twitter not even thinking that he would even notice me because no one notices me right? <laughs> and he did he did and uh i just said to him like hey uh i'd love to just get a crew up there and and film I'd just film you and have you tell your story i didn't want to go up there proving that there's aliens or any kind of you know phenomena because I knew that you, you can't go up there with that in mind. So I really wanted to focus on the family, you know, what what they've been through because these these family is a 
as a normal, wholesome, lovely family. And we, we talked for a good six months before I think he was comfortable enough with me to even talk about going up there. And by January, we sort of, we were, you know, going back and forth with dates. And towards the end of January, we had uh, finalized a, a, a solid date. It had been the end of March, beginning of April. And, you know, one of the weirdest things about this whole leading up to this trip was, um, and I know this, this is a, a thing, but when you see 1111 or 444 or 1212 or 55, I was getting that three times a day. And beforehand, mm -hmm. maybe I would notice it once in a while, but oh, look, it's 11 make a wish. <laughs> I have screenshots, probably about 100, 110 different instances of this phenomenon happening. And I'm, I'm going to myself, is this, you know, does this have to do with something that, you know, that I'm, it just like put me in the right path. And what's interesting enough, it, after we, we shot it, it stops. I mean, I, I rarely see it anymore. So it's kind of back to normal. Um, but yeah, man, that, that being said, I, I was straight up with them. I, I don't do documentaries. You know, like I said, I, I'm filming TV. I, I'm usually in front of the camera, not behind the camera. And I said, this is gonna be like a Scooby-Doo operation. You're gonna have a couple people that have no idea what they're doing but I just want to go and talk just and like we'd sit down and have a conversation at, uh, at a table. And funny enough, it worked out because that's what they wanted. They just wanted to talk to someone. And again, I, you know, um, I'm not there to prove or disprove. I just kind of wanted to have them tell that story. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, we know we get there and we, we go out to dinner after just, you know, this little long drive. And <laughs> I can remember it was about 7.30. Chris starts getting a little antsy. And he's like, hey, they're, they're here. And, you know, uh, I'm like, well, okay. And we were at, at a restaurant. So we were about 10, 15 minutes away from, well, not even five minutes from, from the house, uh, Chris's property. So we were having fun just talking, you know, I was meeting Brian and, and Chris Jr., who, by the way, uh, is a huge part of the story. I think that He's he's left out, and that's unfair to him because I think out of everyone, other than Chris Senior, he he's got um, some some trauma from this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so we were just sort of talking, and, and Chris Senior wanted to get out of there and go because he felt bad. He he didn't want us driving all the way up there and not seeing a thing. And I was like, don't worry about it. If we don't see anything, we'll just talk about you. You know, people, people will want to hear it. If they don't, they don't have to watch it. So we get there and lo and behold, as soon as we got on the property, uh, one of the people I was with, they saw this this light and I, I caught a glimpse of it out of out of my right eye. This light sort of coming up and this is what it does. These lights come from the ground. I mean, not all the time, but most of the time you see them, they just, this was like an art uh, a, a deep red light and we were hooked, you know, <laughs> and that, from what I've experienced, the stuff's kind of bashful at first. I think it sort of feels you out, you know, and what Chris said, Chris Sr. said, he, he said, approach this without fear, without, you know, negativity, and it, you'll see something. And 
I wouldn't say we had fear, more of, um, you know, this sort of curiosity, but also trepidation. You know, I, I, walking into something like this, you hear, you know, you heard the podcast, you, you watch the videos, and then it's surreal, you're there. And then all of a sudden you see something, and you're like, oh, okay, is this stuff real? And yeah, uh, it is. If you go on his Instagram, he has a lot of videos that he takes with his night vision camera. And what I found, this does not do justice for what is going on. Because a lot of times people say, oh, it's a plane and satellite. And and yeah, I, I, I could see that. When you're there, these, uh, I can just only describe them as, you know, balls or orbs. They're not as high as you think they are. Um, and... You know, people were like, oh, you know, put up a bunch of 4K cameras and you'll catch evidence. This stuff doesn't translate well over over video. Mm -hmm. You know, you can see the shape or color and on your phone or on your camera is not the same color, not the same shape. Anyway, so if you, you know, some stuff that passes overhead, when it gets to about, uh, you know, about a 45, 50 degree angle, you can see that there is space above it so these aren't satellites these aren't planes you know i had a satellite tracker on my phone you know when there's planes because uh you know the uh fba faa mandates you know the the, the lights I, I don't know the name for them but you know what a plane is you know what a helicopter is um they don't do these sort of moves and they uh they don't come they don't typically you don't see them shooting out of the ground and sort of hanging out and hovering. Um, so yeah, that, that was sort of a, a 30,000 overview of what, what happened. There, there was a, there was a lot to talk about. And I, you know, if you want specifics, I can, I can give you something better. I don't want to start rambling and yeah. driving people nuts over here. Well, I, I know when this first occurred, I was one of the early people that Chris got a hold of. And uh, when he was describing all this to me, I was having a hard time trying to figure out what he was trying to tell me. I, I don't think he really knew what he was experiencing. And then I know his son had had the, the entity encounter uh, in the woods, from what I remember. Um, but I do remember in particular the, um, the huge orbs that they saw over the river. And there was some other activity going on, but you are right. You know, that documentary that they did on it was, you know, it was kind of a hit piece as far as I was concerned. It, and it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it, it wasn't aired in the correct order. You know, uh, Chris had the, um, the uh, lie detector in the very beginning, but it was yeah. shown in the end and they were blasting for three hours asking like the same 20 questions until you he hit a uh, you know a, a, a false or right. you know a, a deception you know and and chris we still stay i can't speak we still stay in touch um and this guy is when you see him on a podcast or when you watch him on video that's him he is just a genuine dude yeah and uh you know it, i had a hard time because it was almost bringing me to tears because there was so much love with this family. You know, I just wanted to hang out with them because I just felt like part of this family, you know, like I just didn't want to go home because, you know, they were taking care of us. 
you know, buying us dinner every night. Uh, and I would say the, the biggest thing that made me believe that these people were absolutely telling the truth was it was the second night we were there and it was about eight, eight thirty, and they ordered a bunch of pizzas for us and they have a compound. So there's a bunch of different places. So there's sort of like a common room compound, uh, housing and we're all eating these pizza and just talking not about the phenomenon, but just about life. And Chris goes out there because he, he senses these things. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, you know, uh, we, we go up there too, because, you know, we're still excited, but you know, Ryan, Ryan's wife, uh, Chris jr. And, uh, Emily, the sister and her husband, they're in there. They didn't even want to go outside. They didn't care. And I go, you know, if, if they were making this up or if they were some full of crap, they'd be out there with us. And I asked them, I, you know, when we came back, I'm like, you, you don't care about this? They go, we've seen it so many years that it's just, it just, it doesn't matter anymore. We see it every night and, and we just live with it now. And well, actually by the end of my time there, I almost started feeling the same way. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I've already saw this now. <laughs> and it's like, I would never have thought that coming there i thought i'd be out there camping out till five in the morning you know eye in the sky and then yeah after a while it just it, there's so much activity that you're you're like okay what else now <laughs> well you know this is the one thing about being an investigator and, and looking into this real weird stuff uh uh experiencer re reports and such to do with either extraterrestrials or ufos and such you kind of come part of that and it, it does it does affect you yeah. uh i i know when i started working with david years ago and thanks thomas for your uh for your donations much appreciated um when i first started um with david <clears throat> that's what it was like with me i mean i didn't really get it at first but boy as time went on I started experiencing a lot of the similar, similar type of uh, phenomena. And, you know, as time I've been talking to people and talking to others and I get the same thing from them. Uh, you know, you know, as soon as we're going into something and we start experiencing, well, I'm pretty sure that's what happened to you. Yep. So well, I'm looking at the chat here and uh, Jose had asked if these could be spirits and he said pictures of orbs uh, up close sometimes reveal faces. Um, I do have a picture of, that Chris has. It's probably been around the internet of one of these orbs that does have a, a face in it. it it's undeniable. Um, yeah. So to answer that question, yeah, I, 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 I don't. As long as I'm saying, I, I don't know if Chris even knows what the what this stuff is. Spirits, I would say yes. Um, interdimensional, yes. You know, we don't know. Um, it's all of the above. And that's what makes it so interesting. Well, you know, and, and Bernadette will attest to this. Many times we'll get involved with cases and it just always, there's something else that gets involved with it. I mean, another aspect of the paranormal. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. many times it looks like you've got spirits and aliens and UFOs and a lot of other stuff getting involved. And, um, you know, I, I, and that's what upsets me about investigators and researchers who just who just focus on one phenomena and right. they just stay away from all the other you know external stuff and 
nine times out of ten, it has something to do with the original, you know, the original sighting or encounter. So, um, you know, and that's kind of how I, I thought about this. Yeah, I guess that, Sorry. you know, no, no, it's okay. I, I, I was just agreeing that you know, with, with we're talking about cryptids, I was always skeptical. Then I'm like, I can't. I, if I see the stuff and I, you know, physically I'm seeing the stuff, there's, I can't discount this other, you know, who am I to say that one is real and one is not? I mean, that's just a terrible way of thinking. This is so beyond, I think, of anything, uh, any kind of comprehension that it, it would be just ridiculous to think that way. Um, and I said, I was guilty myself of it. And you know, when you when you experience it, that things change pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find this picture of the, this orb. I'm going to send it to Vincent, uh, and maybe okay. you can share it. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty interesting. So, uh, so James, of course, you you've been involved with the, uh, or I've had two encounters with these dogmen. You're out in Green County, Pennsylvania. You're right in the southwest corner of the state. Um, I, I think you had some other encounters, another phenomena recently to do with UFO activity. Yeah, about uh, 10, 11 days ago, I, my mom's car broke down, so I was taking her back and forth to work, and she's on the night shift, and um, so I pick her up at 6 a.m., and I pick, I, well, I pick her up at uh, 9 p.m., and then pick her back up at 6 a.m. the next morning. Well, I was going to pick her up, and on Nemecolin Road down here in uh, eastern Greene County, I noticed this. It's like it was like an orangish, sort of like donut-shaped object in the in the sky, and it it was just hovering. It, it had to be about. I mean, obviously, it was a, a few miles off. Yeah, there's the picture right there. Um, it was a few miles away from me, just hovering. But it had to be about three to five hundred feet up. There's a tower there that's a couple hundred feet tall, and it was only a hundred feet maybe 200 feet higher than that tower. Um, the, what caught me is weird. I thought, well, maybe it's a planet. Maybe it's just something that I'm not aware that would be there. Mm -hmm. Well, the next night, you know, usually a, if you see a planet, it'll hang around for a night or two, you know, at least. And the next night I went through and it was gone. It, it wasn't there at all. Well, the night after that, so this is the third night, it was back, and it was about a half a mile further east than it was before, just sitting there hovering. And you can see it looks sort of like a blood platelet is what it reminds me of, or like a red blood cell. Mm -hmm. um, but And since I talked to you about it the other day, I went to my father's house uh, the night before last, coming back from his house uh, going up a steep hill that he lives near, I saw the exact same thing, and it was a good seven to eight miles away from where I had seen it the first night. Hmm. And it looked exactly the same. Um, I was going up the hill, and I could see it, and I thought, well, maybe it's a plane or something, and I'm just, you know, because I'm driving, and maybe I'm just not seeing it right. Well, I got up to the top of the hill and went to pull off, and I... I pulled off the road and was watching it. And by the time it went behind a tree and then was just gone, hmm. it, it never came out on the other side of the tree. It never, it, and I, I, I drove further away and kept looking back, looking back, looking back. And 
never saw it again. So, I mean, yeah. you know, if it was a plane or a helicopter, I mean, you would have saw it flying. I mean, they're fast, but they're not that yeah. fast. Yeah. We have, um, you know, Butch and they just want to... one direction. Oh. Go ahead. Sorry, Lon. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first two times I saw it, it just hovered. But that that night mm -hmm. coming back from my dad's, it was it was going in one direction. And it, if it was a plane, you'd think it would have crashed because it was going so slow. You know what I mean? I, I've never seen like a jet or even like a biplane go that slow. And then for it to just be gone in the blink of an eye without catching it flying yeah. away, I just, I mean, it, I don't know what it could have been, you know, it, it was just so unusual. I had to mention it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is some of some of the stuff we, Butch had taken pictures of out his way. Um, and a lot of times they, they're, they're colorful. We've had them in green and different colors and blue and Many times they have, they look like a donut up there. They got a hole in the middle of them. Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like a, like a torrid. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And many times you can actually watch them and they will morph. Uh, I, I like to call them bioforms because we've gotten a lot of, I, in fact, I had a guy down in Florida uh, used to get a lot of those similar photographs for me. And uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's bizarre. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's pretty. Looks like a jellyfish. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, I was thinking it that. Does. Those were all taken in Florida. Um, wow. Around. Do you know uh, where whereabouts? Oh yeah, because. Yeah, over by Denton Beach, over there, okay. off off the coast, you know, around the Panhandle. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he, I know the guy lives in that. He lived in Nashville, so he took some pictures up there, but. There's one of them. Yeah. That's that's one that Butch took. This is one that here in Pennsylvania. And um, pretty bizarre. So we did have yeah. a question. Now, when you saw this, James, I was yeah. did you did it react to you though? Your thought anything yeah. thinking? No, it, it does that make sense? It didn't seem to react to anything. I mean it it just kind of floated there, but now I do because uh, whenever I was whenever I was about thirteen, um, living in Nemecolon, I looked out the window one night and there's a radio tower right near where that where I saw this object. Well, whenever I was thirteen, I saw two objects hovering around that same object so i don't know if it's something to do with that object it's or that tower itself that these things are drawn to mm -hmm. or you know because whenever i saw them when i was younger they actually looked as though they were tapping the energy from that tower the lights went out on the tower while they were near it um so i don't know maybe they have a more sophisticated means of uh withdrawing power now and the lights didn't go out this time i don't know mm -hmm. interesting vince has said he's got the, I, the photos from kit um, yeah i sent him i sent him a couple more talking in the app oh, that's, wow. Uh, wow. i mean so you could see if you you know look to the right side you can see it i mean an ear you can even see the ridges in the ear i mean the nose if you see the mouth there's teeth in it oh that yeah 
Um, I zoomed in, but clearly the nose, you can see the like, almost like little buck teeth there too. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. yeah, it's, uh, it's wow. and, and he said also, if you look to the left, there, there's almost sort of like a demon type of face. I, I do see sort of, I, uh, yeah, then like a nose right there yeah. and then like an eye. Almost. Yeah, like a profile, like a profile yeah. of a demon. Yeah. Yeah. He said he said that this this was like a, a seemed like it was like a tortured soul. I I don't know. I just seeing that face, like I said, that, that that's crazy. I mean, you can even to to the ear, you know, on the right side, you can almost you can see like where the sideburn is up top, where the hair ends and in top of the ear begins. It's just mm -hmm. so clear. It, yeah, you can even see the eyes. Yeah. Yeah, it's freaky. <laughs> So um, Nancy Malcolm asks, this is an interesting question, and if anybody in the group wants to answer, just go ahead. Do you think portal travel uses plasma orbs to keep travelers safe? I don't know. I, I haven't even really thought about that. You know, I did. I have had thought about this. It's almost like a, like like how a submarine would keep the people inside safe. Um, not necessarily think about plasma, but yeah, maybe. I mean. That's a very good uh, thought. Yeah. Yeah. For all we I'm know, not, I'm not smart can, enough to know. <laughs> yeah. For all yeah. we know, plasma can bend space and time. You know, who knows? That's a great question, Nancy. Thank you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, I, uh, you know, the whole orb thing, and I, you know, when we gotten into UFOs and talking about spirits and and UFO, I mean, and entities and such. There does seem to be a um, a lot of orb activity. In fact, orb activity has kind of come into play with a lot of the cryptid sightings we've been having, especially in this area. Uh, so mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's a connection there between these orbs and a lot of the other aspects that a lot of the other sightings and such that we do have. Uh, she did ask, uh, Nancy again asked, do you think all orbs are the same or some sentient and others uh, methods of travel. And I, I think that's possible. It could be like maybe a capsule. They use orbs as a capsule to travel through time and space and such. Maybe that's the what they use. Um, oh, yeah. And she asked, too, could it be a remote viewer? And that that is a great question, too. Almost like it's someone seeing through it like a porthole. Uh, you know, again, I, this is why data is so important for us to, you know, we need to learn, you know, so we can learn and, and you know, all these settings we need to um, catalog because I can't, you know, I can't answer these questions um, not yeah. until we have enough information, you know, and, and that's, again, a great question, Nancy. Awesome. Yeah, you yeah, know, the, um, really good questions. <laughs> this is something that comes up. I mean, it, it, I, I've just heard it more recently. You know, I've been trained to remote view, and I've heard people talk to me about, well, how does remote viewing affect other people as far as when, you, when you're viewing a location, or viewing a person for that matter, uh, are there, are you able to be seen or noticed somehow or sent somehow when you go into that area? Uh, I believe it's possible. I, and in fact, I, I have talked before about a remote view I did all planet once during my training where one of the entities realized that I was there and mm -hmm. I was watching this thing and I was trying to figure out what the hell it was looking at me so weird for I thought, well, this thing couldn't see me. 
And it turned out it was it saw me. And the monitor who I was working with pulled me out of there quickly because uh, this could have turned in, turned out to be a pretty bad situation. So I, I think, you know, that's another thing about remote viewing. I think there's a lot that we don't understand about it. Uh, now, I do use it for a lot of my work. But, uh, you know. Yeah, Vincent says the entity pick looks like Eckhart's photo. It does. I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah. I mean, even look at the eyes. I mean, I, that's freaky. And that neck is not. <laughs> it looks like my neck when I was in high school. <laughs> is it like some kind of mouth? I don't. Yeah. And in, in, in the uh, the picture that I sent over to when when Chris took that picture, it was there was someone standing there. Uh, it was next to a tree, but but. Mm -hmm. where the entity was he no one could see that anything was there and when he took the picture on on his iphone you know the screen didn't show anything until he hit that button and went into his photos and saw well what is this like you know yeah. there we go so that that you know you can see shoulders almost but that was not there in view as as we see reality i mm -hmm. guess um which is freaky and then i i was telling vincent that it, it was sort of enhanced a bit I think Tom DeLong had posted this on his uh, on his Twitter a while back. Uh, again, it, it's a uh, it's a freaky picture. We we actually went to that exact spot where that picture was taken. Uh, the funny thing about Chris, it, it's not the property because th this picture here was taken at his old house, so mm -hmm. it's not really the pro necessarily the property. More, uh, I think, of him. I think oh, the yeah. stuff follows, follows uh, him or, you know, somehow is attached yeah, to him. <clears throat> this type of phenomenon seems to follow people around. I mean, yeah, and like, uh, it happened to me at, when I left, uh, like I said, a couple, yeah. six weeks <laughs> I've had, I had stuff for, I'm like, okay. And, and it's, you know, it's looking back, it still seems surreal. Um, and I have to, I have to think about, I'm like, did this actually happen? You know, I'll, I'll be sitting uh you know when normal stuff run your bills have to be paid this and that and, and i just look up and i go oh man you know i, I witnessed something that a lot of people have never seen before and you know i'm sort of getting part of this answer to one of life's biggest questions and sort of makes that worry about the mundane kind of go away and know that something bigger and better out there mm -hmm. and to me to me it, it could be scary <clears throat> something to me it sort of calms me down a bit well, you are, um, Kit, I know you're getting involved with learning how to connect with what's been going on in Chicago. Uh, yeah. You've talked to Jennifer a bit about that. Uh, yes, that, that surprised me too because, yeah, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know, everyone's we're trying a skeptic to get, until it happens to them, right? What's that? Everyone's a skeptic until it happens to them. <laughs> Ain't that well, the truth? That's, that's, <laughs> that happens to everybody. Yep. Uh, you know, I've had people that were diehard skeptics and then had an encounter of some type and then they're diehard believers, you know, it's yep. does, it doesn't take much. But um, hey, folks, yeah. those in the chat, uh, if you've got a question, feel free to put it in caps and put it up on the chat for us to answer. We'll try to do the best we can with it. Yeah, because these, these are some great questions that we're getting. Yeah, I wish I wish I had the uh, mental capacity to ask such, you know, thought provoking <laughs> questions. 
<laughs> again, I, I just come up with saying, like, uh, you know, uh, I'm an amateur. Uh, I'll never know everything about something, so I might as well just be real about it. And, you know, and that's kind of what I bring to the table, just right. me being me. And, and you know, well, every you once know, in a while. Kit for free. Maybe you might not know, but Bernie, that's how I met Bernadette because she was um, her and her uh, her boyfriend Tommy uh, had some encounters at their home, and um, we started working with her. We realized that she was, uh, yeah, that she was uh, a beacon, and she could she had had other encounters all all her life, and uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the entities from Chicago, and it showed up at David Eckhart's place. Yeah, he's not too. He, he's a couple hours away from me up north. Is he? He's up. Yeah. He's outside of Pensacola. Oh, yeah. yeah he, he's up in. Uh, yeah, Florida is so big. I mean, like you know, I'm in Tampa. That's like uh, maybe even an eight-hour drive from me. Yeah, <laughs> it's still. A, I mean, it's a long drive. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I have a question I, for you guys. Uh, uh-huh. So how do you feel that your experiences have changed you for the better or for the worse? Oh my God. <laughs> well, that's not loaded. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I, I will say, I will say I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be where I'm at now if I didn't have the Bigfoot and the wing humanoid experience back in the eighties. And in fact, right. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't. I would wouldn't even have thought much about it. <clears throat> I might have been involved with the paranormal and helping people and going into locations and, you know, because I am intuitive, but I, uh, I don't think I I'd have taken the turn to uh, the dark side of the paranormal, which is cryptids basically. And, uh, and I, I know James can say that too. He had those two dogman encounters and uh, I, I think, I think it's the same in his, uh, for him as well. He probably wouldn't even thought to, you know, Twice uh, going into I would have just been out in the woods hunting my deer and having fun, and you know I wouldn't have never thought that what could be creeping around the next tree, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't go out in the woods anymore and hunt. I you know. You know, after that first encounter, I you know I I, I don't even go out as much as I used to later on after that, and. Um, because I started realizing, hey, there's stuff out there we don't know about. Definitely. And, uh, it shows yeah. up occasionally. You know, I wasn't looking for it, but it shows up. Yeah. It definitely makes you more aware of yourself and your surroundings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. In my case, I, um, you know, I haven't had much uh, encounters with cryptids. I, I, Lon, I did tell you uh, about when I was you know, looking for rocks, I, I experienced sort of that, that bubble or that sort of, I call it like a noise cancellation effect where all of a sudden I didn't hear the stream running. I didn't hear any bugs out there. And then all of a sudden I, I felt like kind of nervous and got goosebumps. Um, and I don't know what that could have been because it happened. And once I realized it was going on, it went away. Um, but as far as the other stuff, uh, you know, I've had a lot of, not a lot, but I've had, uh, encounters of what we would call UFOs or phenomena and how it's changed me. I would say, I would, you know, the positive for sure. Um, uh, I'm always looking up now, always right. looking up. And I also feel like, you know, as I said before, um, 
when when for me when I get worked up or anxiety, I, I just remember that like, hey, this is not all that there is, and you know that's sort of again uh, for me it calms me, and for some others it it, it could freak them out, but again, I, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't change that. I wouldn't change any of my experiences because you know ultimately every little experience you have makes you who you are, you know, and mm-hmm. um, you know. It could have been a terrible experience at the time, but it could have made in, in 10 years down the road, change your life for the better. And I actually had that conversation with Chris, um, if he would ever want to take that back. And he said, no, no, uh, mm-hmm. he was an avid hunter. He, he won't hunt now. Um, oh, I get very, it. Yeah, yeah and, I get and it. it's funny because I have a fishing, uh, I'm selling a fishing YouTube and we mostly catch and release. And sometimes I'll see when I fish some, you know, people will like stomp on a fish, and I'm like, dude, what, come on, man. Like, it, it, it's absolute humanity. It, it just, it's just selfish. But, but then I remember that they're just being them. They, they you know, it, and then I can't get mad at that because they're not thinking the way I'm thinking. So for me, that's how I've changed where I sort of, I'm, I guess I'm less selfish in, in a way, but I'm also a little bit selfish because, you know, I'm glad that I had this personal experience. So I, I think some selfish led to some selflessness. Well, you know, I, I'm that, that's what I like about having experiencers on the team. Uh, because first of all, you understand when people have incidents, encounters, or, you know, sightings. Uh, so you kind of, you kind of know you've been in that boat and you know how they react and you know how you felt. And, uh, you know, that, that's why I think it's a good – that's why, I, you know, when I get someone who wants to come on the team, uh, if, they, if they are an experiencer and uh, they have some personal insight, that's going to help them get on because, um, you know, we always use that because that's, that's just – that's the best part of being, you know, an investigator is just realizing, understanding what your witnesses are experiencing. So um, we got yeah, I think my, my greatest tool about being an investigator would, would be empathy. Uh, you, yeah, you, oh, have, yeah, you absolutely. have to have empathy. Yeah. You have to understand that, you know, the people who reach out are, I, I couldn't do it. I, and I actually, I, you know, I have had a couple settings and even when I was investigating for MUFON uh, and I had a case, I had a hard time reaching out and for someone to reach out and to tell their story, you know, better than I could do. And I, that's right. already more power to them. And I'm thankful for that because again, data is so important, but also again, treating this with empathy because this stuff can change your mindset. Uh, you know, it can blow your reality away, which um, it's hard. You gotta be very careful and handle it with almost like kid gloves and, and just, have them trust you and 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 show that you understand them, even if it even if I didn't have a Bigfoot encounter, I could talk to someone who did and and understand that that you know their mindset and, and hopefully help them any way I can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morgan Gaddy asked, and this goes back to uh, Bledsoe family again. Has Bigfoot or other cryptids been seen by the Bledsoe family? Uh, I'm sorry, I was reading the chat. Say that again. Uh, she asked, "How has Bigfoot or other cryptids been seen by the Bledsoe's?" Oh, I, I I don't know if that has never come up. I, I know that um, 
Chris Jr.'s entities that uh, we saw the picture of these red-eyed uh, sort of silver beings. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think was the closest they had really come to any kind of uh, being encounter other than Chris being on the ship. Right. Uh, also, I have a theory about those uh, those those uh, entities that were were hanging around Chris Jr. Um, when Chris had regression. And you can find this. Uh, there's, there's sort of a, uh, you know, um, it, it's printed out of, of his full regression. He's, he's worried about his son, mm-hmm. and you know the the entities on the ship saying he's okay. I feel like these things were like babysitting Chris Jr. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I I, yeah, I, I, I remember seeing it. I, I did see it, and. Um... Yeah, yeah. You know that, that's um, interesting. They, you know they didn't harm him. They uh, what freaked him out was the you know gazing into these red eyes, which were almost he said like uh, like uh, old uh, lenses that would like shutters that would go up and down like that. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's blinking or what, but um, you know, it's hard for him to talk about it. And we had such yeah that that picture. I mean, seeing that at at his age, uh, he was like 17. Again, uh, had his world blown on the back of his head. Um, and, and him and I are very close. And he, and the whole family, but him especially, he's, he, there's a sweet, he, you can tell he's a sweet soul. Um, and he, he when, when I interviewed him, and, and it's, I, I'm not gonna show it, because uh, I, I uh, That's that's him. That, that that was his experience. Um, but when he talked about it, I broke down crying uh, along with his sister. She held him because, as as an actor, I, I study human behavior, and I try to mimic it as best I could. I'm watching this guy, and I'm feeling every word he's saying, and it just dumped on me, and I couldn't help but cry because I, I'm just thinking about the seven year old kid who was hanging out, having fun, playing football, fishing, and then all of a sudden his everything that he knew was changed. Mm-hmm. And and I always say this too, but after my experience, people ask me, oh, like, well, how do you feel? I said, well, you know how your parents tell you there's Santa Claus and like three or four years old, you find out that he's five years old, he's not real. Well, imagine you're 40 years old and you go down the stairs and you see that fat old man put presents on your tree and you're like, oh my God, Santa's real. That's how I felt about this whole thing. That you know, it's only that I can I can sort of correlate that to. Um, but I couldn't imagine being 17 and just setting face to face with this thing. I think I think there was two or three, I think there was two, maybe three. But um, you know, and I I, I asked him, do you, do you, did you think that was they were there to scare you? Or and he said, no, I don't think they they understand that they're they could be very scary if if you're not prepared. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like Nancy and, says uh, on here, you're an empath, and it's pretty obvious. And um, yeah, well, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I, I became an actor. I, I've always I, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and uh, I'm so emotional. But and, and it's it's hard. It really is hard. But also, I wouldn't trade it for anything because um, it's just I feel like I get I just get people or try at least try to um, because I, I love human behavior. I love I love just talking to people. 
I think we learned so much and we never really have in-depth conversations anymore. It's a lot of superficial, hey, how's the weather? But not like, tell me something about you. Tell me secrets. Tell me, you know, let me in. And and I think people are just afraid to have that type of conversation, but I'm all for it, you know? And that's why, I, you know, sorry. talking. Sorry. No, no. I, I Shut me up. Shut me up. Oh, no, you're okay. Nancy also <laughs> said finding other experiences, experiencers are such a relief. It's such a relief finding other people, you know, basically. Yeah. It's way back. <laughs> it, 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 it can be a burden. I mean, there's no doubt yes. about that. Yeah, yeah. It, it can be a burden. I, uh, you know, that's something I realized from the very beginning, you know. Um, yeah. I, I kind of, I'm the same way. When I got in, would get into a case uh, and you get to know the, uh, the individual's uh, the family, it's a family, and you get to know the individuals, you know what they're going through. You're talking to them all the time, you know, and, uh, you know, you start, you start feeling what's going on. You connect. Yeah. That has happened to me so many times. I, I try and not to let, let it them happen. down. You know, you just don't want to let them down. You, you want to do well. well yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there've been, there've been times when, I, I would literally just tell them, you know, I'm 24 seven, something happens in the middle of the night, give me a call. Uh, my wife wasn't thrilled about it, but uh, you know, that, that's what I was doing. That was part of what I was involved with. And uh, so I, I, I understand, I do understand. Yeah. Um, and I've, Vincent, I've been experiencing Vincent, these things. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, Lon. Go I've ahead. been experiencing these things since I was four years old. So it's, to have someone else sit there and go, this is my experience. And you look at them and you're like, so I'm not crazy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Hug me. It's like you feel that rush that like yeah. weight taken off you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's beautiful. James yeah. wants, I mean, uh, James, Vincent wants to know, have you ever had dreams since your experience with the dog man? Oh yeah. For the longest time. Um, and periodically still, I had night terrors and um nightmares night terrors whatever you want to call them i just remember waking up in a puddle of cold sweat and uh you you just keep having a reoccurring dream or nightmare of this thing in front of you and it it changes sometimes it'll be it attacks you sometimes it doesn't but the, the the first experience was bad enough, but the second one, when I actually had physical contact with it, it, I mean, like, I, I still have dreams about it. They're just not as violent as they were, but I still have dreams. Just like if, you know, you were playing, you were a, just say you're a football player, you know, you won the big game, you scored the winning touchdown. Well, you have that dream of scoring that touchdown over and over throughout your life. And that's kind of the same thing was and still is that I'll still get that feeling. I mean, my girlfriend, she sometimes she shakes me awake and says, my God, I thought you were, you were going to kill me in your sleep because you're throwing punches and grabbing and, and screaming and yelling. And I'm not even aware I'm doing it until I wake up from it, you know, but mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. I, and I, like I said, I still I still get them now, just not as often. Ever since I opened up about it and started talking about it, it 
they've been getting less and less frequent. Mm-hmm. All right, Dad, go a little, go a little deeper into what you've experienced in your life as far as um, entities and uh, and sensing things and such. Oh my gosh, where do you want me to start? Well, just I mean... start from where you were. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess the the best way to start is when I was about I'm gonna say four or so. Um. I was you know, doing what all little kids do. And I, I vividly remember running through the dining room and somebody just basically saying, Hey, you need to go to the window and watch this. And I just, I didn't see anybody, but I thought, sure. I'm just, I'm going to go. It's an opportunity to climb up where I'm not supposed to be. (laughs) Um, I climbed up on this windowsill and it was like, uh, I guess a bay window where you could sit up on there because they were built in bookcases and you could look across the park into the other houses climbed up uh, there and I was looking out and the there was a park in the middle so it was like the houses were very far apart you couldn't see into someone else's house so when I sat up there I looked out the window in the house directly across there was you know I could see like it was like a blind and there was a man he was climbing up on the ladder and long story short he hung himself Mm. And I, just, I wasn't very phased because my mom had come home at that time and something was like, I have to tell her. I saw this. I have to tell her. So I ran and I told her and my grandmother came from the kitchen and my mom just looked at her and she's like, what have you been laying her watch? And my grandmother's like, nothing. She's been playing. And I'm like, no, no, he, I'm not going to say the person's name. He had hung himself. Like I knew who the neighbor was and I was very adamant about it. And, you know, my mom was like, just go play. And a few minutes later, there were sirens. There was screaming. And my mom and grandma just, like, looked at me. And my mom went outside to find out what was going on. And she came back in, and she said something to my grandmother. And she's like, you're to keep her in the house for a while. Mm. Just keep her in the house for a while, and everything will be okay. We're not to talk about this. And 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 how old were you? You were four? I was about four. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And I, I mean, I can still see it today, you know, and it, it was, it was a reoccurring, it was a reoccurring thing in that house that I, I had seen things, you know, there was, um, but it's just not the house. That's you. I mean, (laughs) you, you see stuff now that, you know, others can't see and, uh, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, we moved into this house when we went to buy this house, I looked around and I'm just like, so where's your son because i i saw there was a few small things but i'm just like because i could tell there was a boy here and they're like oh well he's deceased and i was thinking to myself oh oh great you know but well after we moved in i i felt like something was watching me and i was pregnant at the time and my boyfriend he he went to work and he normally goes to work very early and i was here talking I would hear like there was a party and I'm just saying they're like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to, you know, put up with it. And it kept going and going and, and every now and then he would hear it. It, w- it wouldn't be as bad, but he would hear it. And he's like, it's the neighbor's TV. I'm like, no, it's not. It's, it's not the neighbor's TV. I'd swear. So this past year, it, it got so much worse. It, it got to the point where he was, in the shower and this was in the afternoon and you could hear it 
and he would come down the steps and the TV would be off and I'd be staying in the kitchen. And I'd be like, he's like, why is the TV so loud? I'm like, that is not the TV. Go in the living room. He would go charging in the living room. TV wasn't on. And then we called you and yeah. Yeah, so you it, did. It, yeah, it's just like it followed me my entire life. And it, it seemed, thinking back, it seemed to have followed my mom a lot too. Mm-hmm. It, it seems to have been a generational type of thing because there were things she saw and, and the way she acted over some things where I could tell she experienced things, but she wouldn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I'm, um, I don't have anybody in my family that has any ability that, that I know of. And uh, I, I kept all this stuff to myself for years. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. I never really told any of them about it. You know, I think it was just as best, just the best anyway. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's how my mom was. My mom was like, we, we don't talk about this stuff. This is what yeah. happens. There was this one time we went to, we had lived in Fayette County. And mm-hmm. we were going into the Kmart. And there was something above the Kmart. It was like this cigar-shaped thing, and it was vibrating. And I saw it, and there were people on my left. I was about 17. And it was a man and woman. They were talking, and they they saw it, and they were talking and, like, pointing at it. And I stopped my mom. I'm like, look at that. Do you see that? And she's like, I see it. And, like, we were standing there a minute, and I'm like, that's so cool. Like, I didn't know what it was. I was like, that's, what is it? And she's like, we're going in the store. Let's go. <laughs> she, just, she, she dragged me like she literally held my arm my shoulder and dragged me and i'm like what was that like that was i want to go back out and she's like no you're gonna stay here like she's very angry about it and i'm like okay like don't you want like what is it? don't you want to know what it is you're very nosy she's like no <laughs> we don't, we're not gonna go find out like she Oh my God, she's the nosiest person alive. But she she did not want to know what that was, and that just like there was it set off the alarm bells that she didn't want to stay out there. But those, right? It's like no one else but those people and us, you know, noticed it. You know, and then do you I, think? Uh, do you think your mother had had a bad experience at some point? I think so. Okay. I think so. Yeah. This is why it's I, important to really... have outlets to talk about this stuff because it, it can just, it's, it's trauma. I mean, you know, and people need to release this trauma in one way or another. And if there's no one there to listen or believe them, it's just going to make it, it's going to compound all the, all the um, feelings you get and it just, you know, resent it. Right. And then you'll yeah. start, you know, and then uh, denying it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, and there are so many people out there that are experiencing all kinds of things and they, they just don't understand what's going on. I mean, you know, I get, we got, a, we got a couple of cases this past two weeks, uh, one up in Wisconsin and a, uh, another one where, and where was that? At? Uh, down in Kentucky, uh, lots of stuff that the witnesses experiences have no idea what's going on. And uh, you kind of got to take them by the hand. But fortunately, when you have somebody on a team who, who understands it, who's been involved with something like that, it makes it a lot easier. And, uh, you know, 
Yeah. yeah. So, folks, if you got any questions, we're going for another half an hour. So, folks, if you have another questions, please put them up there, and uh, we'll try to get them answered. Um, I, you know, I, I was talking. I was talking to kid about about the Chicago Mothman, winged humanoids, ultra-terrestrials. And I know Jennifer did explain to you what our theories are as to what these things are, what we call the unseen ones or the, uh, the winged ones and such. And uh, I, you know, it's, it, and I know Bernadette's been involved with that as well because she's had experiences. And uh, we've had a couple other people on the team who have had experiences. So I believe, Kit, that as you go on with this and you, you, you'll start experiencing more, I don't know what it is about me because I don't seem to be able to connect with them that well for whatever reason. Maybe it's just me. Uh, but um, I, I hope you're able to I hope you're able to connect and uh, help us find some answers. Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely had, uh, yeah, I, I, it's hard to say. I didn't, how do I put this, um, you know, on the phone and, and, and talking out loud to this you know, unseen one, I, I felt silly. I have to be honest. I felt silly, right. but I believed I, I didn't want to discount it. And, and she had said, you know, one of the things you'll, you'll feel maybe like a, stuffy ear and i swear to god and about 10 seconds after that well it, at first i had like a chill go up my right arm into my neck and then and then about 10 seconds after that i had a stuffy ear and i'm like i is it my mind doing this to me or is it something happening but, but it doesn't matter because it happened and uh i i'm just getting chills thinking about it now uh because i can't explain that so and then uh, the only I can say is I'm open, very open to it now. And yes, I, I felt a little silly, but now I feel silly for feeling silly, I guess. But you don't, like, again, you don't know how to act or react until you're in that situation. And I think it's right. a little bit of leap of faith on on, on, on your part. Well, you know, for years we had been looking into this and uh, we really had no clue as to what's been going on. But for whatever reason, uh, when all this started happening more and more at the airport and then uh, they just started making contact and um, you know, we're still in, in the early stages of this. I don't know how much they really trust us. I think they, they trust members of the team much more than they do others. I don't think they like me too much, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know. What did you do me. to them? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with me. I mean, maybe Bernadette can answer that, but I don't know what the deal is with me. Uh, I, I don't know. They like you. That's not the case. I think they like you. <laughs> I don't know. They, they, I don't seem to be able to open up to them as well as others can. Uh, but, uh, so, folks, you got questions? Put it up there. We're, uh, you know, we're here to answer questions. If, um, you know, as many of you know, we've been looking into this dogman phenomena here in Pennsylvania. We got some really weird stuff. I did post something on the blog the other day about this case. Uh, 
Oh, Louis Pond, have you ever heard of orbs running along railroad tracks? You know, I don't know what it is about railroad tracks, but it seems to be a lot of weird stuff associated with railroad tracks. Uh, you know, I had somebody tell me some one time, and I don't know how true this is, but they they said that they believed that railroad tracks, because of, you know, the metal and it, it's it's a constant travel area and it's, it's defined maybe like an artificial ley line. Mm. What do you think about that? You think that's possible? Yeah, I don't see I why anything's possible. Like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know. Energy the iron, yeah, that, that might be true too. Yeah, I know they talk about energy um, iron. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's uh, you know, all elements have some type of energy, and of course, we I've used crystals forever, and I use it in my work, and uh, we have several people on the team who use crystals. So, uh, you know, I guess you can use it for a lot of things. I use it for uh, energy management. Uh, magnifying when I'm doing a case or doing an RV or something. Uh, Libby wants to know, can we talk uh, ways to protect ourselves? Oh, well, that's a good question. I, I, I know what I do. Uh, I use the white light method. Basically, I, I sense that a, a white light is extending from my body and, and goes beyond the aura and kind of shields me from malevolency or energies or evil energies or, you know, something that's there to hurt me. Now, people, there's a lot of people who use a lot of different things. Gold light, yeah. uh, affirmations, even just using crystals or some type of divination. I, you know, I've heard them all, you know. Uh, right. I guess for each person, it's easier to use the one that's best for you. Some people... Some people use their uh, their chakras uh, uh, more so for protection as opposed to, uh, you know, other things. Uh, I don't know. What Do you use anything, Bernadette? I use uh, sea salt. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, strangely that's enough. That's so interesting. Yeah. Strangely enough for, like, all my moms, we don't talk about this. We don't do this. That was her main thing. Like, sea salt like she would put it under my mattress she would you know carry it on her you know and that's that's where i learned that you know sometimes mm. she would line windowsills with it and it's just like i i agree with lawn there there had to have been something there so you know I, as an avid fisherman when i go out on the water or the ocean uh, i always feel rejuvenated refreshed and a lot of my inspiration comes from being near salt water Mm -hmm. That's why I was, that was very interesting you said that. Um, so, yeah, I think it has something to do with it. Yeah, you know, I, I, mean, I feel we, like that's one of the best protections. Yeah, we use it for a lot of different things. I mean, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I've actually used salt, black salt or blue salt to isolate entities uh, or protect people from entities or uh, using rock salt as a perimeter to a property to keep certain energies out. Uh, I mean, 
even even in locations and houses, I've had people put salt into corners of the of the room or on windowsills. Um, it's it seems to absorb some of the the energy. I don't necessarily know how to explain it, uh, but I also also have them use other things like you know black tourmaline or other types of crystals, depending on the situation. But uh, yeah, I mean that that's probably as good as any. Uh, I, I think more people ought to use affirmations. Um, quite frankly, I, there's an affirmation I use every evening before I, you know, around midnight. I use a, uh, I, I use an actual affirmation or a protection that I've been using now for 20 years. I don't even know if it's been, maybe it's been longer than that. So, uh, yeah, I, and I think a lot of people use that. I think with me, it's because I kind of look like Jesus. I think I'm okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think whatever you believe in, you give it the power, and that helps protect you as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's all about the intent. You're right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, faith has a lot to do with it. It doesn't matter what you have faith in, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever source. Yeah, it's, the, it's that yeah. power belief regardless of, yeah. what again, what you believe in because it, it, it's just – you're, you're focusing in an intent into, into positive energy, hopefully. Right. It could be like a pebble your grandfather gave you, and that could be the best protection in right. the world. You know? Yeah. You know, I keep I keep threatening to do a crystal show on here one night. <laughs> then don't threaten us at a good time. <laughs> I, uh, I think I'll probably do that at some point, but I'm going to have to put some work into it because, first of all, i got to dig all that crap out because I <laughs> – it's funny, I you know, when I moved the last time, I had all that stuff packed away, and I just didn't take it out. And uh, I've got so much up there, it's ridiculous. But, you know, a lot of the working stuff I've used, um, and I use a lot of different things. I mean, you know, my son yeah, I would attest to that. It's, I would know. love to know more about that. Um, I think okay. that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I guess we can do a, um, a, a kind of a semi uh, divination show or energy show or protection thing all in one. Uh, yeah, nothing dark, uh, just right. on how to help people and how to um, to work. And uh, so, yeah, I, we'll do that one time. Uh, Vincent wants to know any pale humanoid updates. Oh, jeez. Not really. Um, every once in a while, I hear a weird one. Uh, you know, I did write the book, Meme Humanoids. I've got pretty I, pretty well most of all that is in the book. But occasionally since then, I have had a few. Uh, I posted one or two the past week or so. You know, this is I, I don't know what you all think about this, but this is a phenomenon. I really don't I still don't understand. I even wrote a book about it, still don't know what the hell's going on. And um, yeah, it's like, uh, where are these things coming from? Why are they here? Uh, are they thought forms? Are they is that like intent? Yeah, like like almost like an egregores that are thought into existence by by the collective consciousness. Possibly. I mean, you know, uh, you know, the whole Slender Man thing, even though that's a creepy pasta thing, but people swear that others have manifested these things, thought form manifested. Uh, you know, I occasionally get a, a Slender Man sighting and it's like, well, those things aren't real, but these people are seeing them. 
there's something that's manifesting these things. It's uh, that one uh, picture was like me, me gardening right there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a green thumb. <laughs> so uh, no, I you know this the whole um, that whole phenomena. You know, really, I I I've only really started hearing a lot about it that more and more about maybe eight years ago and then somebody taught me into writing a book about it and so uh, but i you know it's, it's interesting when you write a book and you still don't have any answers to what's going on so yeah you, you wind up having more questions than answers but at least you're putting it out there too exactly. that's, i think it's important yeah well i put as many examples i could get out there and um and i, I am getting a lot of feedback on that even yet so um I, I wish I had. I wish I could tell people what I, you know, give any more definitive answers. But all I know is it's a worldwide phenomenon. That picture up there right now came from Poland. Uh, it came. It was part of a, a video of this uh, of this thing that was caught on camera. And uh, yeah, and but there, throughout North America, it, it's a phenomenon that's becoming more and more apparent. And uh, so, and you have to wonder if, like, you know, somebody started the slender, how they started the Slenderman story. So it just took off, and then it became real, and then it learned, you know, it became aware of itself, and realized by you know scaring people or doing whatever it does, that's how it gets its energy. So it's continuing to do that to thrive, and mm -hmm. you know. I, I think a lot of phenomena may be actually mind manifested to a point. Um, of course, poltergeists are man, mind manifested beings. Uh, they're not necessarily spirits. They can become involved with the spirit. But I, I think maybe some cryptids are even mind manifested. I have thought that on occasion when somebody, uh, even, even with James, there's a perfect example. That first encounter he had, it's like, this thing shows up in front of you, take a shot at it, there's blood spray over the place, and this thing walks away. It's like, was this a manifestation? Was this a real thing or what? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, what do you our think, minds are, Our minds are so strange because they, it, they work hard to protect us from trauma. So well, we I think so. Seeing, yeah. You know, I mean, we, it, and, and it, <laughs> That's a it's a frustrating thing, but um, yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> just, yeah. Our minds are weird. Oh yeah, the human mind's strange. So what do you think, Gene? Do you think it's a possibility really that it might have been manifested or what? Well, I mean, in my case, I I mean, I don't believe that I manifested it. Put okay. it that way. I mean, because I mean, gr granted, growing up, I lot I watched a lot of monster movies, you know, like werewolves and zombies and vampires and you name it. I, you know, I, I think I could I could name you the three famous vampires before I could walk. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I mean, myself personally, I don't think that it was a manifestation per se. Um, but who knows? I mean. Uh, a, a few years after, a couple years after I had that experience, well, actually the following year after I had my second encounter, there were some kids playing on that same road where I had my second encounter. 
and they they didn't really go into detail but i found a report where they said that a large hairy creature crossed the road in front of them while they were riding their bicycles really yeah and it was literally about 200 feet or 200 yards from where i had my second encounter so is there something skulking the woods who knows you know but i know like in my case i i just i in my heart of hearts i know there's something there right there's some physical being there um but who's to say that you know people didn't think it into existence in it and i ran across it you know it's just one of those things i don't think we'll ever know until we find it yeah and in turn that that sort of kind of kept you away from doing something you like too as i as i understand it oh for a long time you know that that's that's that sucks um talking about the uh the upright canines in in pennsylvania lawn uh, a friend of mine actually just called me today and told me and um if you're familiar with forbes state forest out here in western pa southwest mm-hmm. PA, uh him and a couple of friends went to forbes the other night i guess last week they went out there to do call blasting for sasquatch well, they call blasted and didn't hear anything, so they decided to switch to a infant cry. Hmm. And I guess whenever they switch to the infant cry, immediately after they call blasted it, uh, he said it it sent chills up his spine. What they heard, it sounded exactly like a werewolf in a movie, howling off in the distance. Hmm. The one guy actually got so scared that he locked himself in their car and wouldn't come out till they were leaving. <laughs> so wow. that tells me something, you know? <laughs> yeah, you ought to follow up on that. I, it, but it doesn't surprise me. There's something what? terrible. I, I bought an Aztec death whistle. And I don't know if anyone's ever heard one of those. Oh, my God. Yeah, I have. But yeah, now, and when I first got it, I, so I think my neighbors probably thought that they're. Is some kind of demon, demon activity going on in this neighborhood about a year ago, about three in the morning. Because I thought, you know, I'm like, I'm a punk. I'm up, you know, I got fun. I just blow that at two in the morning. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> People like Lon, and we get a lot of phone calls if I keep doing this. <laughs> Use it. Oh, they have it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, the only result I got was the police coming. So. <laughs> Well, folks, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, well, I seen Karen Peterson uh, asked me a question there. She said, James, did the upright canine you encountered run or did it move more in a jumping manner? It ran. Mm. It ran. Uh, the first one ran on two legs after I shot it. The second one ran on all fours. Cool. It, it looked just, it looked like a dog running. I, so I said before, Lon. Whenever I told you, I I didn't. I thought it was just a large dog until it grabbed a hold of me. Right. You know, until I just physically knew that it had hands. I thought it, it was just a dog. It James, ran exactly you, like a dog. What did you shoot it with? A twelve. I mean, I'm saying gun. Twelve. Twelve gauge. Okay. Twelve gauge. Was it like a, was it double lot or was coyote it? loads? Okay. Wow. Yeah, it it was enough that you could take like a. 1200 pound kodiak grizzly and it would have put it down at the range that i was at you know right right so it wasn't like bird shot <laughs> no it, it was it was the the 
the smallest thing that you can get or the largest thing you can get right before buckshot. No. Well, that should have brought anything down. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if it would have been a person, it probably would have blew you in half, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Bernard. Oh, well, Rithy had asked the question, which, you know, James might be able to answer or give his opinion on. Do any of you know if Dogman has some kind of armor that protects them from gunshots? I've heard that before. Um, so I've talked to a few, uh, you know, quote unquote experts in the field that say that uh, there some of them that they believe that are either extraterrestrial or interdimensional have a type of uh, body armor that they wear. There, there's been reports of them actually, you could physically see armor on them. Um, others just seem impervious to, to gunshots for some reason. Um, I know from experience, the one that I shot, it hit it and it, it wounded it because it, it misted blood. Hmm. So, I mean, I, I think that's all in a matter of maybe someday we'll find out where these things are coming from and maybe there's mm-hmm. differentiation in where they come from that determines what they have, you know, kind of like the, uh, like the predator movies, you know, depending on what predator you're running up against that's what they have you know <laughs> i wonder if we go over to where they are we might be impervious to their laser beams right i mean i understand <laughs> we don't know right saying, you know it, it, you never know i mean if if the if they're interdimensional if if we travel into their dimension are, are we going to be impervious to the weaponry that they yeah. use who who knows maybe that's why they're afraid of us or some of them are right i don't know so is any Y'all want to uh, put out to the audience how they can get a contact with you if they have a case or something they want you to look into. James, go ahead. Okay. Um, you can reach me at Green County PA Cryptids. That's Green G R E E N E, Green County PA Cryptids, and uh, that's on Facebook. Um, I, I check it daily. So if you contact me there, or uh, you can also reach me on facebook messenger um as james west and my profile picture is a dog man upright canine with uh with a red filter over it okay kit yeah um i would say instagram um i don't post much about this uh, so long story short like my agent and stuff's like, stay away from this stuff because no one will hire you. I don't care. Yeah, that sounds like an agent. <laughs> exactly. But um, well, I've got a question for Kit. Get a hold of me and I'll give it to him. That's yeah, yeah, that that's, way. That's, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad to help anybody. I just, uh, you know, don't tell anybody. <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. And Bernadette, how can people get a hold of you? Um, they could email me at a paranormal life at gmail.com or they could find me on Facebook. And I started today a paranormal life uh, Facebook group. So you can find me there. Great. So, folks, thanks for coming on tonight, participating. Um, hopefully, uh, the audience got a little more information than what they had before. And, uh, you know, folks, this is going to be uh, this is going to be a regular thing with the roundtables. We're probably going to do it like every three months. Uh, we've got almost 20 members of the team now. Yeah, and I love these questions that we had. 
especially the one that one guy was talking he was a fly and he liked to buzz around that was that was fun but yeah there were some, <laughs> now, there were some great questions here that you know again someone like me who well you'll have to join us again kit and um you know we'll uh, we'll, we'll make this a regular thing uh I, I like getting the team out in front of the public so they can answer questions people see who they are and give an idea of what we actually do so uh you know, folks, thanks for coming on, and uh, I'll be talking to you all soon. Have a good weekend. Hey, thanks, Bye. <laughs> Now, if you have a sighting or encounter report uh, that you'd like to be considered for the personal report show or post on Fams of Monsters, feel free to forward to my email at lonstrickler.famsofmonsters.com. Now, of course, if you've had an unexplained encounter or sighting, feel free to contact me through the Fams of Monsters blog site or email me as well. Uh, I want to again thank the team members for joining me this evening, and thanks to each and all of you for watching and chatting. Uh, if you made a super chat donation, it's very much appreciated. Uh, your support is what makes this possible, so please like, subscribe, and share, and do comment. Uh, I always look forward to the comments. Now, next Wednesday, uh, we will have another personal reports presentation. So that'll be Wednesday night, nine o'clock Eastern. And uh, but next Friday, there's no show because I I am going to a local Bigfoot town hall. Uh, some of the team members are going to be joining me for that as well. So that'll be in Biglerville if anybody's interested. That's just north of Gettysburg. So that'll be uh, next Friday night. I think it's six thirty p.m. Something like that. So if you, have, if you want information, you know, send me an email and I'll, I'll give it to you. So, so until next week, uh, next Wednesday anyway, stay healthy and have a safe, enjoyable weekend. Good night.